All right, and welcome to the Rory's Nitro podcast, the show that rips up the buy rates and TV ratings and declares our own winners in pro wrestling's biggest head-to-head battles. I'm your host, Lee Carlos Cunningham, and I'm back on the normal timeline temporarily. It's the September 30, 1996 episodes of Raw and Nitro. No, I don't have all my problems solved, but yes, I did take these notes before the network crashed, so we're about to get another episode into this timeline. We have one and a half ready further, and now I'm waiting for Binge to upload 1996 raw in positive news they've got up 93 94 and 97 98 so 96 um hopefully will not be too far away and we'll be able to get back to it the wcw pay-per-views no such luck i do think all the wwf um 1996 97 98 pay-per-views are up now so touch wood i i believe they are anyway there might be a couple that aren't but i think the vast majority certainly enough for me to get back on it if we can get the wcw pay-per-views up we should be rocking and rolling again only downside to the current predicament whilst recording is i don't have the raw um the footage from raw to splice in any of the stuff that i would normally copy in so you might get less sound bites the episode might be a smidge shorter as a result hopefully it doesn't affect anyone's enjoyment too much and you can still enjoy the show As for the ratings on this episode, it was a 2.3 for Raw versus a 3.3 for Nitro, so a solid one-point win there. Um, These ratings are obviously going to go up in the near future as we get through the show, so interested to see how how the overall number tracks as well, because there'll be a lot more watched nights of wrestling than this one, even though it is getting up there. It's some pretty solid ratings there for the time. All right, no more rabbiting on. We're going to get into it. We're going to start with Nitro. Time to rock and roll and get some 96 wrestling back into your ears. of this great live television program each and every Monday. We do understand in this telecast, Eric Bischoff will give an official response on what happened last week. We'll wait on Eric's response. And Larry, it was absolutely horrible last week. Not only did they attack Eric Bischoff, they slapped him around repeatedly. They took over the proceedings of the ring. They even brought out their own race car last week. They apparently had their own race car. And if you can believe this, yeah, right. They say their driver is Kyle Petty. More paranoia, more rumors. I think Kyle Petty has too much class to go in with the new world odor. And I would agree to that. Ladies and gentlemen, I do understand that Eric is... All right, let's go to our broadcast location. Eric Bischoff has his statement right now. Eric, go ahead. All right, thanks a lot, Tony. And I want to make one thing very clear. First of all, you pointed out that, yeah, they slapped me around. Yes, the new world odor as Larry refers to it, did take over our broadcast booth. But listen, this isn't about Eric Bischoff. This is about the history of WCW and what that represents. This company's roots go back to 1905. Champions like Lou Thez, Terry and Dory Funk, Pat O'Connor, 
Dusty Rhodes. The names go on and on. It may not mean anything at all to Hulk Hogan, to the Outsiders, Hall and Nash, to Ted DiBiase, to that 180-pound wimp they call six. Maybe it doesn't mean anything at all to them, but it does mean a lot of things to a lot of people. It has got to stop. It is going to stop, and it's going to stop now because this company's not going to tolerate it. Not at the corporate level, not at the level here that all of us work at on Nitro to try to put together a program that people out there can enjoy. It's got to stop because it's not fun anymore. Nobody's entertained by it. The NWO is nothing but dirt bags from the bottom all the way to the top. And yes, that means you, Hulk Hogan. And yes, Eric Bischoff has been accused of making a whole lot of mistakes. And I admit that I have. And my relationship with WCW may have only lasted the last five or six years. But let me tell you something. The one singular mistake I ever made was bringing Hulk Hogan into WCW. And Hogan and the rest of you thugs, because that's all you are, you thugs. You want to come in here? You want to try to stop WCW? Well, we've worked too hard. We've worked too long. And gentlemen, and I use that word very carefully because it really doesn't apply. But I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Listen to me and listen to me now. It is going to stop. No more. Tony, Larry, take it back. So there you heard the intro to the show and then Bischoff cutting a promo on the NWO. I like this sort of step up to them and fight back because they are the establishment. They've got... Five times as many wrestlers on roster. They've got all the rule-making power. They can step step up and fight back. Didn't love the 180-pound wimp comment about six. This is one of your new guys, and you've got what's basically a wimpy announcer calling him out. Like, if I'm six, I'm like, okay, well, we're having a match, and I'm kicking your head off this week. So made him look like a bit of a putz there. But other than that, yeah, good promo from Bischoff. First match of the night is El Tecnico and Hoovertude Guerrera taking on the public enemy for the WCW tag team titles. Hoover hits a springboard run at a start before the public enemy um, start going in on them. Um, they hit their old demolition finish, the, um, the backbreaker and the elbow off the ropes. We get a save from Hoovy, a twisting. Uh, they twist around El, Gener- El Tecnico's mat mask oh my god it's not el generico sammy zane and it's not a match it's a mask having a shocker um clothesline a big springboard sent on from grunge and they pick up the one two three pretty easily here they then put el technico through a table and leave through the crowd um and then we get sent out to an advert and we see a um a jim duggan shilling some wcw merch coming out of the break Mike today is then with Chris Benoit and Steve Mongo McMichael. We have a quick promo from them, nothing special. An NWO vignette with which features Nick Hogan. And stay tuned to the podcast because there's a lot more Nick Hogan coming your way very soon. As I found my Hogan Knows Best Season 1 DVD that was still in the shrink wrap today and decided to dust that off for a podcast review. We then go to our next match, which is Dean Malenko taking on Alex Wright. We have some good chain wrestling, and they go to a commercial very early here. When we come back, Alex Wright with a nice arm drag. We see Rey Mysterio's... Um, we see the mask that Rey Mysterio took from... Sorry, that Dean Malenko took from Rey Mysterio. Alex Wright with some nice European uppercuts and a backdrop and a spin kick. Malenko misses a top rope cross body, and Alex Wright cradles him up in a small package for the one, two, three. Didn't see that one coming. We see the Macho Man... Um, we see Macho Man beating up nick patrick on wcw saturday night mike today is then with macho um or meant to be but he doesn't come out 
Eddie Guerrero comes out as we go to a commercial break. We get a Halloween Havoc ad. Um, this all goes for a real age here with like just a bunch of filler and nothing going on. Uh, when we come back, it's time for our next match. Jim Powers taking on Eddie Guerrero. Nick Patrick is the referee wearing a neck brace here after the attack from Macho. Guerrero with a nice back elbow and a flipping senton for a two. Powers with a nice overhead belly to belly. He gets a two as well. A clothesline picks up another near fall. NWO signs walk through the crowd and the crowd chant for the NWO. So they're clearly becoming the more popular group here. A nice German suplex from Guerrero and he picks up the one, two, three. Teddy Long argues with um, that Jim Powers had the shoulder up. He argues with Nick Patrick but gets nowhere. And we go to another NWO commercial. Um, we see the Nasties coming into the um, the hotel with the NWO. Um, it's getting pretty tedious here now. Um, Saturday night, we've got the Rock and Roll Express versus the Four Horsemen. Ho- um, ha- Harlem Heat versus Public Enemy. And we're going to see Dean Malenko and Eddie Guerrero. I've got to stop writing HH. You know, we've got Hulk Hogan, Halloween Havoc, and Harlem Heat all using the same initials. That's not helping me any. We see uh, Mike Tanay then with Arn Anderson, Woman and Liz. Arn lectures Liz. Um, she's torn between, you know, going good, going bad, sticking with the um, the horsemen, helping Macho, going to NWO, etc. Hugh Morris takes on Brad Armstrong, and we get the 60-second countdown here before the match starts for hour number two. Hugh Morris with some nice corner strikes. Uh, they cut away for the pyro. Um, I always hate that they do that at the match. Uh, sorry, as the match is going on. Tanae, Bobby Heenan, and Bischoff take over commentary. We get a power slam from Hugh Morris and Enziguri from BA. And we get a um, small package for a two. Hugh Morris with a slam and a moonsault. Uh, two moonsaults, actually. And he picks up the one, two, three. Not sure why the second was necessary, but it is quite impressive. Uninnocent and Woman are again arguing with Liz as we go to a commercial. And Bischoff leaves for some reason. All right, welcome back, everybody. WCW Monday Night Show Live. Mike, Bobby, I'm going to have to apologize. You know, after seeing the NWO and whatever hotel they're at, I'm going to try to find out. Randy Savage is not here. Obviously, we've got something going on with Miss Elizabeth. Mike, you take it. I'm out of here. Tony Schiavone, if you're around, you're welcome to come up here. Uh, Guys, take the show. Take it. Wow. Well, you got me on this one. Well, a, a tense situation. I just was witness to it backstage, Bobby, but a tense situation here on Monday Nitro becomes even more tense. Eric, did he say he was going to go try and find out what the situation is at the hotel? Yeah, well, he's concerned about Savage. He wants to find out what hotel the NWO's at. I mean, he's beside himself. Eric Bischoff, I've never seen him a set like this before. And he is he's angry. He is really, really mad inside. So there you have Eric Bischoff um, getting up and leaving the booth. Um, we come back, and it's Chris Jericho versus Arn Anderson, who comes out with woman but no Liz. Shivani does join the commentary booth, as Bischoff suggested. We've got some good chain wrestling. Um, we see the Liz watching on a monitor backstage. A nice super kick from Jericho on a dive from the apron. Woman slaps Jericho. We brawl along the outside. A big spin kick for a two. A top rope back elbow for a two before Arn catches Jericho with a wicked DDT for a one, two, three. Go out to commercial and we see another NWO vignette. Um, and then it's Tony Schiavone. Um, so, oh, sorry, as I mentioned before, Tony Schiavone is with Mike Tanay and Bobby Heenan now. Um, I don't know why I put that in twice, but he joined at the start of the match. Liz leaves the arena and we have Michael Wall Street versus Lex Luger. 
Big hip toss and an elbow drop from Lex for a two. Wall Street locks on an abdominal stretch. A slam and an elbow for a two. Chin lock. A small package from Lex gets a two. A forearm gets a two before we see Wall Street with a big clothesline. Not enough, though, and Luger does rack him for the submission victory. And we get a commercial, and this is one of those ones where we see a, a little promo on the way out. You know, the, the short 10-second promos like you'd see on the video games, and it's Jimmy Hart for this one. Tony Schiavone introduces the WCW sports car, um, which has a Sting um, sort of like painting on it, I guess. We then go to the Faces of Fear versus the Rock and Roll Express. This is a bit of a weird one for 96. Men with some corner strikes, a sleeper from Ricky Morton, Faces of Fear with a double headbutt, a crossbody from Robert Gibson, a big clothesline from Barb. Sunset Flip gets the Rock and Roll Express a two count as we go to commercial. When we come back in, Meng hits a wicked pile driver for a two. Barbarian hits a huge boot for a two and then a powerbomb for a two. A backbreaker also gets a two count as they continue to beat on R Ricky Morton. Barbarian with a slam and then another double headbutt. But Barbarian misses a top rope headbutt and we get the lukewarm tag. This was definitely not um, getting the crowd too fired up here. Big ends of Guri from Gibson. The double drop kick. Um, they grab Jimmy Hart. But um, Barbarian uses this opportunity to put the big boot to the back of the head of Gibson and pick up the one, two, three. does make it look a little bit weak, though, when you consider the list of moves. I said Ricky Morton survived, and then that big boot puts out Gibson. But on the other hand, I think like a, a catching someone not tense and, and protecting themselves with a good strike like that should end a match. So not sure how I feel about that one. They continue to beat down on the rock and rolls, but Public Enemy come out and make the save. Um, faces of fear um, uh, then start battling with the, with, the, um, rock, with the Public Enemy as we go to a commercial. Yet another NWO vignette, and we've got Nasty Boys in the hotel um, talking about the race car driver and, you know, how their race car driver is going to be better. It's pretty lame. Um, Hogan dominates this exchange as well and really does hog the spotlight from everybody around. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Not anymore. <laughs> Where's that case of Don Perignon we ordered? Well, it's on the way. Should be here right now. Great. Gentlemen, the Dom is about to be delivered. Thank you, sir. Hey, you know, whoa, delivered, the key word delivered, you know. When the two outsiders came in, brother, they said they couldn't deliver. What they deliver? I talked to Nasty Nick over there, my son. He likes race cars. They said that I couldn't deliver. Hold on, man. They said he can get the door. They said I couldn't deliver. Nasty Nick, my son, wanted race cars. So here's the deal. You got shut up. Here's the deal, man. We deliver. I got the man. I got Kyle here, man. Kyle Petty. I said, you want to be a Hollywood superstar, Hollywood? I'll make a movie for with you. You drive for us. We made the deal, right, brother? We made the deal, man. Get the trade-off, man. Welcome These guys aboard, saw me bro. on TV a couple weeks ago. I'm throwing a couple of punches. They said, come drive the NWO car. I said, I'm there, baby. They said, the WCW sure. car's been out there. I didn't even know the WCW had a car. <laughs> 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 What's the deal about it, man? 
The big giant, and the thing is, Elizabeth, big man. Elizabeth, it's going to be trick and treat. announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Not anymore. Can you imagine hearing that, that not anymore at the start and end of every NWO vignettes? Every time I've said that in the podcast, you hear that twice. It does get old after a while. Um... We go to a main event, which is Benoit versus Rick Steiner. Nick pa- Patrick in a neck brace cuts a promo into the commercial, into the camera going out to commercial. Get a slugfest and a huge German suplex from Rick Steiner, a snapmare and a chinlock. A clothesline and a power slam gets him a two. Deborah distracts him and Mongo hits him with the briefcase for the one, two, three. Here we go to the commentary team who try and sign off, but we go to the NWO room again. Liz is there. They're offering movie deals, trying to get her to join. Vincent's bringing in gifts, and as she leaves, Macho in the hallway spots her and screams, son of a bitch, and runs off. Um, it's a really weird ending here, but you know, I get the feeling week to week they're just trying stuff with the NWO and seeing what sticks. Some of it's working really well, and other parts, looking back, it's like, oh, that actually wasn't really that good. And this definitely fits into the latter category. But overall, decent episode of Nitro. Um, will it be enough to beat Raw? Stick around for after the halftime break, and we will find out. Random Steve, random Steve fills out any match card. Random Steve, random Steve fills out any match card. What's that you say? Gimmick infringement? You damn right. After I listened to the last episode of Then Now Whatever and they did the ballad of Random Steve Blackman and he bid farewell to the show, I thought, no, that's not okay. They talked about um, what happened when he left TV, um, wasn't around during the invasion and him quietly wrapping up in October 2002. And I thought, you know what? I think the memory of Steve Blackman should go a little bit longer. So I decided to steal Steve Blackman and Random Steve from Then Now Whatever and give you the top five ways Steve Blackman's career could have been revived in October 2002. So the number five way Steve Blackman could have had his career revived in August 2002 is coming back to Raw and campaigning against Eric Bischoff for ruining the wrestling landscape. In August of that year, the hardcore title had been retired. They went along retiring all the belts on Raw so Triple H could be the only man. So yes, I'm paying homage and hoping to pop the then now whatever guys and also getting a sneaky dig in against Triple H. Your typical interaction between the two podcasts. Hi, Kyle. Um, Go to war with Bischoff, trying to get back the hardcore title, revive its former glory, and give a bunch of guys on that card something to do. That would be the number five way Steve Blackman could have resurfaced and revived his career. 
Number four way Steve Blackman could have resurfaced and revived his career is on the SmackDown brand. We were in the middle of the original brand split here. Bland split. Um, and he's going to be looking to get himself into the tag team division. And the reason why is because this newly formed SmackDown Tag Team Championships basically brought life to a bunch of random tag teams. And if you're going to have a division based around random tag teams, who better than random Steve Blackman? And when I say who better, it immediately springs to mind someone on the SmackDown brand with not much to do. Who better than Canyon? So yes, Canyon and Steve Blackman would form the most random of random tag teams and reign and rise above the likes of Chris Benoit and Kurt Angle and Rey Mysterio and Edge to reign supreme as the SmackDown tag team champions. The number three way Steve Blackman could revive his career joined TNA, that's what everyone did in 2002. The X Division was seeing a young AJ Styles battle against Six, who had been released that year from the WWF. And Ron Killings, also released in the past year, was battling Kurt Hennig and Scott Hall, both recently released, as in the past six to 12 months from the WWF. Steve Blackman sounds like he fits in amongst that mix quite well. Two belts for him to go after, new company. He could have done wonders for weekly pay-per-view numbers for TNA back in 2002. And Jeff Jarrett, what were you thinking? The number two way, I almost went back the other way, the number two way Steve Blackman could revive his career, join Tough Enough. That's what Taz did. That's what Al Snow did. All these guys in similar positions in the company got on Tough Enough. And then you get to see a bit of his dry sense of humor. We're not just like talking about his lack of charisma anymore. The real personality of Steve Blackman could come out and he could show these guys some cool moves as well. And now the number one way in August 2002 Steve Blackman could have revived his career would be to join the SmackDown brand, do what The Undertaker couldn't do, beat Brock Lesnar, take the title, beat everyone and headline the next WrestleMania. There you have it. Random Steve Blackman and the five ways he could have revived his career in 2002. That will do it. Massive shout out to the guys at Then Now Whatever, Duncan and Kyle. Love their show. Uh, If you haven't checked out The Ballad of Steve Blackman, definitely go and do so. Um, And that will take us back into our regularly scheduled program. Federation. Tonight, a new era begins. Diesel is in the building, and Sabio Vega will battle Razor Ramon. Tonight, on Monday Night Raw. Did manage to find the opening for Raw there, and you see we recapped JR's promo from last week, and then followed it up with Kevin Kelly giving us a rundown of what's to come. It's Kevin Kelly, JR, and Jerry Lawler as your commentary team, and we open up with Stone Cold Steve Austin taking on Jake the Snake Roberts, so a bit of a um, chance for Jerry Lawler to carry on his shtick towards Roberts, and he's got a bottle of Jim Beam with him at commentary. Bit of a slow start, some punching, some stalling, Austin avoiding the DDT. Commentary team debate what's going on with Razor and what to call him. JR's distract. Uh, sorry, J- Jake Roberts is distracted by Jerry Lawler at commentary. This allows Austin to attack, hit a second, low, second rope elbow, some corner shoulders as we go to a commercial. We come back, and Austin's using a camel clutch. He ends up going up top, but Roberts catches him and crutches him on the top rope. Austin blocks a DDT by grabbing the ropes. 
Roberts then hits a DDT, but we get a foot on the ropes for two, um, assisted by Jerry Lawler there. Jerry Lawler chugs some of the Jim Beam and then spits it on JR. Stop saying JR. I've written JR for the initial spits it on Jake Roberts. Um, This allows Austin to hit a stunner for the one, two, three. A bit of a two-on-one beatdown, but Savio Vega comes out with a strap to make the save as we end the first segment. After the match, we see Razor and Diesel backstage and go to our next commercial. When we come back from the ad break, Triple H comes out and issues a challenge to Mr. Perfect. This, unfortunately, is one of those instances where I was going to splice it in and let you listen, but <laughs> don't have the clip anymore. Um, I don't really have too much to add. It's Triple H challenging Mr. Perfect because he's getting frustrated with Perfect coming out and taking his ladies all the time. Um, if you remember the angle, great. If not, it's not all that memorable. You're not missing too much here. We then go to see the Grimms take on the Godwins. And yes, the Grimms are the um, former Blue Brothers, eventual DOA or Harris Twins. It's a bit of a squash here. They're not seen as big names here. This wasn't a, one of the gimmicks for them that stuck, really. We get a Phineas hip toss, and then we get a clothesline from one of the Grimms. Shoulder block from Henry. And Mr. Perfect, picture-in-picture promo as he accepts the challenge again. Would have spliced it in. Don't have the audio. I'm sorry. Slam from one of the Grimms, and then the slop drop from Phineas picks up the one, two, three. We go back to Doc Hendricks ragging on Double J. Um, Obviously, his Nitro debut is imminent, so they've decided to start putting the boots into him. And we see the um, Road Dog singing, so they're basically, you know... If I'm a wrestling fan in 96, I was a wrestling fan in 96, I can't see finding out heel Jeff Jarrett wasn't the real singer, but the roadie was, meaning I wouldn't want to watch his match on Nitro. Uh, That's just an angle. The whole angle was always going to be that he wasn't the singer. So telling us now isn't really doing the disservice to him. They think it is. It's actually just wasting time on their show while they're reminding everyone about a guy they don't have. Anyway, just my two cents on it. Next up, we have the fake Razor Ramon versus Savio Vega. We get an ad during the entrances, and then Gorilla Monsoon comes out to the commentary table and has a proper spat with JR over Razor. Um, I think I've got some of the footage off YouTube, so I'm going to splice a little bit of it in here. It's pretty good. Available at all record stores now. Gentlemen, please. The World Wrestling Federation President Gorilla Monsoon has joined us here at the broadcast desk. We are getting set to see the man you claim to be Razor Ramon, Jim Ross, in the ring, taking on Savio Vega. And I don't know what to make about this match or the comments that you made. Well, it's pretty obvious that that, that's that's Razor Ramon. No, that's not obvious, Jim Ross. That is not obvious. Look at your contract. Let me explain something here. Why don't you spend more time in the office and look at his contract? His contract says his name is Razor Ramon. But what's his real name? You know, I'm concerned about what's going down here, Jim Ross. I'm very concerned about your attitude and what you're doing right now here. Oh, yeah. well, I don't have any right to have this attitude, do I? Have you ever been fired? Did McMahon ever fire you? Absolutely Did not. Did your children ever almost go hungry? Did he destroy your life? Hell no, he didn't. I am Gonzalo Vega. Certainly doesn't look like you missed too many meals. Gorilla Monsoon switches to Jesse Ventura and makes a fat joke to one of his co-commentators. Oh my god, didn't see that one coming. Popped me a little bit. Uh, Savio gets started with a chop and Razor comes back with some pretty poor punches in the SOS. Um, Savio with a crossbody for a two. Um, Picture in picture sees Doc Hendricks um, talking about... uh, Sorry, at the dressing room of Diesel and Razor Ramon... um, 
obviously they're not there. Um, well, Razor shouldn't be. He's in the ring, but Diesel's not there either. Um, we go to a commercial. Um, JR is um, quizzing Gorilla Monsoon on Doink and how that one got over. Um, Gorilla Monsoon tells us, we do sports entertainment here. Diesel comes out. Uh, he pulls the ropes down on Savio, and that earns a DQ. We see the razor's edge and a jackknife, and the crowd shit all over this here. They are not interested in the fake razor or the fake Diesel. We then get a promo with The Undertaker in the graveyard. Um, this is obviously coming up to the Buried Alive match with Mankind. And we go to our main event, Vader and Jim Cornette taking on Shawn Michaels and Jose Lothario. We're told that Sonny and Farouk Assad have split. Uh, it's a mutual agreement to split apart. That's probably for the best. It was a bit of a weird pairing, really. We get a Sid vignette, um, and we're told Sid will take on Gold Dust next week. When the match gets started, Vader hits a big clothesline and the hoe train in the corner. A short clothesline. Um, Jose Lothario in tights and no shirt is quite funny to me. <laughs> it's not the look he should have gone for. Vader's dominant early before Michael's run is out of a powerbomb. Um, he pulls Vader's legs to crotch him on the ring post. Um, hits a top rope seated senton to Vader. Cornette and Lothario get in and Lothario punches in before Vader comes back. Lothario obviously tags out. We got a top rope elbow from Michaels. He misses a super kick and eats a big clothesline for a two. Sure, Michaels hits a pair of clotheslines of his own and slams Vader. I'm not sure I love that spot, Sean, just casually slamming Vader. Vader power bombs and hits a Vader bomb for the one, two, three. I did not see that coming at all. Uh, Sid comes out to stop a beatdown on Sean. Gold Dust comes out. And then a bit of a melee and standoff between the four men takes us off the air in what was actually a pretty solid episode of Raw. Take aside the um, the nonsense with Fake Razor and Diesel and the Godwins Grim um, being a bit of a squash. Like, everything else here was pretty good. And you had some good star power on the show. Um, Vader, Shawn Michaels, Savio Vega, Stone Cold, Jake Roberts, um, the spat between Gorilla and JR. Overall, this wasn't too bad. It's probably one of the better roars we've had for a little bit. Um, Undertaker promo as well. We saw most of the top guys. I'm not sure if it'll do enough to beat Nitro, but let's go and take a look and make a decision. Kicking started with the the heat of the crowd, and I went with Nitro for this. I just felt as though there was more sort of of a live element feel. I'm actually the raw might have been taped. I haven't checked that, but um, Nitro definitely felt like the more electric crowd with the NWO becoming the most popular act in wrestling. Storylines, I again went with Nitro. I thought the Hogan-Macho storyline is advancing really nicely. Um, not too much else going on, but the Horseman and Liz thing is happening. And, you know, the NWO just being the biggest storyline in wrestling meant even though it was predominantly the only one, it's worth the win. I thought both shows displayed a good array of characters. Nitro is obviously um, a slightly longer show at this point in time, but I, um, I still think that pound for pound raw held up even though they didn't beat them so i'm going to call it a tie production value nothing really of note from either sh either show worth mentioning so i'm going to call that a tie as well and then nitro is going to pick up the win on match quality because of the likes of eddie guerrero um chris jericho first arn anderson rick steiner versus benoit and all of those were just solid matches nothing great but raw really only had the one match that was comparable and it had jim Cornette and jose lothario in it so Got to go with Nitro there. Another solid victory for Nitro on the 30th of September episodes here. I think well worth the win and well worth the full rating point higher they are right now. Um, 
still, as, as I always say, and if you're listening to this for the first time and haven't checked out the back catalogue, I was a, you know, a very loyal WWF fan who never watched any of the NWO Nitro storyline or ever wavered. I was always a Fed guy. So it is interesting going back and going, yeah, WCW had a better show here. I still think that WWF probably edges the majority of the pay-per-views, but not always. And I have got a few of them in the bank now as well. I'm looking forward to Halloween Havoc because I want to see how this Macho Hogan storyline plays out. I actually don't know. So I'm hoping the Halloween Havocs get uploaded to binge here in Australia very soon. Otherwise, we'll just... Keep on keeping on and and uploading and putting stuff up as we can. But thanks, everyone, for listening and persevering. It's good to get a couple of episodes out in the space of a couple of weeks. Um, I'm going to try my best to have a couple in the can and have some stuff going so that there's less wait time. Um, And we'll see how we go. Hope everyone has a great day. And I'll talk to you all soon.